right, how is it going everyone? Hope you're having a fantastic morning, evening, afternoon, wherever you are in the world. Thank you so much for tuning in to Forward Thinking Founders. I'm super happy to bring you this awesome episode with Paul Kulik, who's the CEO and co-founder of Keeper Tax. Keeper Tax is a way for independent contractors and freelancers to help them save as much money as possible on their taxes without them having to do that much work. That's what Keeper is for. Today, we talk all about the future of work, the product Keeper Tax, and everything in between of what they're building and why they're building it and how big it could get. I'm stoked to bring you this episode, and with that, let's get into it. Run it! Paul, thank you so much for coming on. How's it going? Hey, Matt. It's going well. Yeah, I'm excited to chat with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm stoked to have you on. I, I know the first time we connected a few months ago, you know, we, it feels like a whole other world. And now, and now uh, it seems like Keeper, you know, Keeper Tax has progressed so much. So can you explain for the listeners who don't know what Keeper Tax is, you know, what are you working on? Yeah. Um, so Keeper Tax exists because we think that gig workers uh, chronically overpay on taxes. Uh, so gig workers think uh, 1099 contractors, whether that's, you know, freelance content writers or Uber drivers or whatever it might be, freelancers. Uh, these folks, uh, you know, they can write off a lot of things on their taxes, uh, but the rules are very complex. Uh, and because most of that information is, is being sort of, uh, is traditionally held in, in the brain of an accountant, which is expensive, uh, most people just miss out on a bunch of tax write-offs. Uh, and we think that's a shame. Uh, and we think that, you know, the future is going to be more and more of this uh, gig economy. And so we're building a platform that makes it, uh, you know, easy to find tax write-offs without having to be like this accounting junkie. Um, the way it works is you, uh, a customer links their credit card or bank account to Keeper. And then we just monitor their purchases in real time. And we identify when something they buy uh, is tax deductible. Um, and then the, basically the entire service works over SMS. So when we find something that might be a tax write-off, we send you a text. Uh, it might either be like a heads up, like, hey, we've added this uh, you know, gas, uh, gas expense because we know you drive your car for work. Or it might be a, a yes or no question, uh, such as, hey, uh, you know, do, we saw a Dropbox charge, uh, or do you store uh, you know, files for work in your Dropbox? Uh, and then you answer that and we basically do, do everything in the background to make sure that you're going to get that money back at tax time. Yeah. So that's how it works. So you're pretty much like a freelancer's best friend ultimately, which is like what I, what I, you know, when I first heard about, about your product, I just knew the massive opportunity for it. I'm curious. You just mentioned that, you know, with the rise of the gig economy and whatnot, the rise of freelancers, that's it's one of the, one of the kind of, the need is apparent for keeper tax. And I'm kind of curious, at what point did you notice the rise in the gig economy? Or did you, did you know something was going on and you, you needed to, to build something for it? Yeah. Um, yeah, good question. I, you know, I've actually always thought that, that W2 jobs are a little bit funny. Um, this idea that, you know, everybody like, is owned by some company and that company gets you, you know, between nine, nine and five uh, and, and then like provides, you know, for you and your family with benefits. Like, I, I think that that's sort of an old school idea. It makes me think of Mad Men or something. 
Um, so I've always thought that was sort of a weird thing. And, and it's true that historically in the United States, we used to have a very different ratio of W-2 versus contracting work. Um, and so, you know, I think, I think there's a precedent for switching back to an economy that's much more liquid where, you know, you, 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 you are not tied to a single employer. You can move around, uh, where needed and you sort of provide your own benefits and you deal with your own, uh, you know, taxes in our case. Uh, rather than relying on an employer. So, so I think there's that. Um, I will say that I also previously had some uh, work experience in the space. So I, I did also uh, work at a business that, that uh, targeted, you know, or, or that provided uh, services for this, uh, this customer base uh, back when I was at Stride Health. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. I find that it takes unique insight to even notice there's a, uh, a trend or a problem, but once you know about it, it's just so apparent and you just assume everyone knows about the, the growth in the gig economy and the, and the growth in 1099s and whatnot. Right. And I'm always surprised, you know, when, when most people don't, but it's because, you know, you have to kind of need to like be in it to understand. Right. So I'm kind of curious when you talk to, to potential customers, like a freelancer, for example, do what is the reaction what's the average reaction that you get when they first use keeper tax or they hear about keeper tax because as you said a lot of these people don't even understand that they could be like saving all this money yeah. um, so what are some of the reactions that you get or some of the the feelings that are brought up once people start using your platform and, and saving some money yeah good, good question I, I think the the thing about taxes the funny thing about taxes is that they're, they're one place in, uh, in our lives where it's both incredibly boring and also potentially very lucrative. <laughs> and, so, uh, and so what happens is people go in sort of expecting it to be this like productivity thing where like, okay, I'm gonna, you know, uh, like it's gonna keep track of all these expenses for me. And, they, and, and over time they realize that they wouldn't have found these, they wouldn't have realized that these things are tax write-offs on their own because the rules are tricky and, and we sort of break it down for them. Um, you know, one good example is we, we, we do have a, a, a cohort of these uh, independent actors uh, who found us down in LA. And, the, and for them, like, uh, you know, if they go out to uh, like a play or if they, uh, you know, if they're going out to, even sometimes to a concert, like that can be written off as industry education. Um, and so, so there's usually some point in our sort of customer journey where people are like, oh, damn, I would have missed that. And then immediately after we tell them that, hey, actually that is a write-off, uh, we'll tell them, great, you'll get you know, $34 back at tax time. So it's just, it's just kind of this feeling of like, okay, taxes, I thought taxes were boring, but hey, this is free money, uh, which can be really exciting for people. That's actually an interesting concept. You're a type of company that you, you just said free money and, and it ultimately it, it kind of is in that you are building software to unlock um, the, the knowledge, you know, for these freelancers, these contractors, your customers to, to get the money they deserve and save right. off of their taxes that is usually reserved for an accountant. I'm right. kind of intrigued in this concept of, um, so, so a last get, one of the last guests we had on the podcast, uh, Kashish Gupta was talking about the business of trust and how with, with business, you know, it obviously has to do with trust and, um, the faster you build a trust, the faster you can do business. And, and, and it's just all about trust. And you're kind of building trust with a new set of people um, that, is, that is almost 
build taking trust away from the people taking advantage of freelancers, which are potentially right. like big accountants. Like, how do you think about the trust that you're building and how that will impact your business in the future? And how, how like this money you're unlocking out of thin air, like how will that, how will that like help your company in the next 10 years? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, th I think you're, you're absolutely right that the way we always position it is look, people have been taking advantage of these things for years. Uh, but most of those people have been incredibly wealthy and have been able to afford to have people who like do this for them. Uh, and so, and, and, and so the way that we build trust is we show our own expertise and we basically, uh, before we've, before we even started Keeper, we wrote a lot of contents, um, at, that we, and we sort of worked with our internal uh, accounting team and, and, and tax professionals that we hire to put forth uh, our own businesses' perspectives on where the line is for each of these uh, different types of tax write-offs. So, you know, for example, this industry education example I just gave you, uh, if you search, you know, what, what kind of, what counts as industry education online, traditionally the types of articles you get are going to be really sort of wishy-washy. They're all going to end with, you know, you should really consult with your accountants, at, uh, you know, as the, as the last paragraph. And so what we've done before we uh, even started the business was we, put down our perspective in writing, put it on the internet uh, and, and put it, you know, had a really strong stance because that's one of the things we believe in as a business is that this information should be public and it should be accessible and it should be in the favor of the people, um, you know, who, who need it the most, who, who need the money and who deserve these tax write-offs for expenses they're, uh, that they're incurring because of their work. Um, so, so when you ask me about 10 years in the future, I hope that we're going to be part of the dialogue a lot more when it comes to, uh, the way taxes work in, in the United States and, and, and elsewhere and how so many parts of the of today's tax law are maybe not necessarily designed around exploiting um, uh, sort of lower income, you know, contractor types, but they certainly don't make it easy to, uh, to, to for, for the regular person to take advantage of them. Uh, and so, you know, I hope that one of the one of the impacts we'll have on the industry as a whole is that we'll start to, um, you know, be an industry leader in the sense that we'll be the ones that write down exactly what the standard uh, definition of, you know, uh, and logic uh, of what is a tax write-off and what isn't. And we write that down, we publish it, it's, it's accessible and, and people sort of can rally behind that rather than having all this information be trapped in accountants' heads. I love it. I love it. It's kind of like building a piece of the OS, uh, the operating system of the future of work. Like, you know, in the future of work, there's a lot of things that need to happen. And right. there's a lot of companies that need to collaborate, not necessarily collaborate, but there's a lot of pieces and gaps that need to be filled by companies. And you're, and you're filling in a big one. I'm kind of intrigued. Uh, you obviously spend a lot of time with these freelancers and contractors, 1099s. Where do you see the, like I mentioned the OS, you know, of, of the future of work, the OS of the gig economy. What, what are some other areas that may, you know, may not be directly correlated to Keeper Tax, but are kind of needed to bring the gig economy and bring freelancing full-time into fruition? What, what are other gaps that need to be filled if you, if you found any? Oh, yeah. Um, a lot of gaps. I mean, I think we, have, we all have a lot of work to do. Uh, to make this happen. And the reality with, you know, there's a lot of startups like ours, which are focusing on different parts of the ecosystem, whether it's, you know, health insurance or retirement or, you know, uh, like finding the job in the first place, invoicing, whatever it might be, 
we have a lot of catch up to do because what's happening is that uh, the gig economy is exploding and companies like, you know, like Uber aren't really waiting for us to, to catch up. They're, they're making, they're growing very quickly and they're making everyone contractors. And, uh, and if those people don't realize sort of all the, all the things that come with that, they end up, um, you know, getting screwed. In our case, that's, that's, that means they're overpaying on taxes. Uh, but they might also be like overpaying on health insurance. They might have a really hard time opening a retirement account. Uh, it's really hard to get a loan. Uh, you know, so all these things are, uh, are, I would say, underdeveloped in the gig economy space. Uh, and, and I think it's up to us as, as founders to fix it. All right. So another question for you, you know, going outside of the scope of, of keeper tax, you know, what other industries... Uh, interest you um, right now or interest you, you might think they'll interest you in the future? Yeah. Well, you know, the way that our product is set up, we're very reliant on uh, bank transaction data. Uh, you know, so we've, we've sort of uh, grabbed that by the horns and everything in our product uh, lives and dies by whether or not we can like accurately categorize, clean up and, uh, you know, identify tax write-offs in people's transactions. And, uh, you know, for folks in the audience who have dealt with uh, bank data before, uh, it is, you know, in the U.S., it's, it is incredibly messy and uh, complicated and, you know, oftentimes inaccurate. Um, you know, every bank will uh, sort of append or, or, or postpend different uh, strings to the transactions. Pending transactions come in differently than finalized transactions. I can go on for days here. But you know, just that whole industry is so immature. Um, and of course, we have the major, major player there, which is Plaid, who's sort of, well, <laughs> doing an okay job. But, but I do think that um, just, you know, people's transactional data, my transactional data uh, is very powerful information that, that, that should be much more accessible than it is today. Uh, and, and sort of the, 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 the amount of backbreaking work we've had to do to, to make that data usable in our product is, um, I, you know, was actually pretty surprising for us. We, we assumed things would be a little bit uh, cleaner and, and better categorized than it was. So we've had to sort of do so much of our own categorization and cleaning and both on the algorithmic, algorithmic side and, you know, hiring uh, people on Amazon Turk uh, that, that, that I, I sort of wonder all these other products that are offering, uh, you know, some, some version of transaction insights about, you know, bank transactions, I wonder what they're doing because, you know, I doubt that their business is as reliant on, on uh, cleanliness as ours is. So yeah, I think, I think there's basically a big gap there when it comes to, um, w w you know, when it comes to build that foundational infrastructure of FinTech. Yeah. I, I don't know much about uh, the major players outside of, you know, the few in the fintech realm. But yeah. I do know that I, uh, so I recently set up a bank account on uh, Mercury, uh, mm -hmm. which is a new startup bank um, that's kind of trying to like compete with uh, Silicon Valley Bank and setting up that, I think they're like powered with Plaid. And mm -hmm. let me tell you, and let me tell you like the, pro the combat, the process of signing up, for Mercury versus signing up for SVB is like light years ahead. Uh, uh, it's just it's, it's just much better. So although right. if if you're building products 
that I have no idea. And there's probably so many issues that still need to be fixed and you a lot of like loopholes that you have to find. But I know as a consumer, oh my gosh, I freaking love uh, like just how quickly I can like link up banks to uh, to different products. Um, I just know nothing about what's at, what happens after that. You know, I don't know about the hard stuff. <laughs> True, true, true. Yeah. No, I think specifically, uh, it's the, it's the transactions part of it. I think those are, those are really tricky. And, and I I do think there's other parts of the industry, like the fact that you had to, Matt, you had to sign in with your actual credentials, uh, is, is a little bit funky, right? Like those API, those banks don't provide APIs. And, and so, uh, you know, so literally what's happening in the background is that Plaid is, uh, you know, creating a little scraper bot that goes and pretends to be you and logs in. Uh, and then like go, you know, has to be constantly updated whenever SVB or whatever bank you're linking changes their sort of UI, which is mm-hmm. nuts, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah. uh, and such a fragile ecosystem that all these fintech companies are being built on. But yeah, it yeah. is nice as a user. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, see, I, I don't know the, like, it's kind of like um, when, when, I, when I was working on Publoft, like mm-hmm. it's nice as a freelancer to sign up, get work, get paid. It's but the little do they know right. the stuff that happens, you know, inside to make all that happen. So, right. Right. oh man, well, I have a couple more questions for you, and then then we'll then we'll wrap it up. I appreciate you popping on uh, um, and telling us about Keeper Tax and kind of like enli- enlightening me just about that that industry. And uh, I, I definitely learned a lot already, which is which is awesome. Uh, the couple more questions that I have are one: What would you say? is like in, in, in 30 years or let's say 30, 20, 30 years, let's say keeper tax works, meaning you scale and you, and you win. What is, what does that look like? Like, like what does the world look like with, with a keeper tax at, at scale? And what would that, what does that mean for the, for everyone else, you know, in the gig economy? Yeah. Um, I mean, we see ourselves as the next Intuit, right? Like we, we, we think that Intuit was built on a world that was primarily W2. We think the future is primarily gig uh, or rather contract independent. Uh, and so this idea that, you know, so many things are built into the current sort of tax software and, and, and the way the tax platforms work, like the idea that everyone gets a refund and that everyone is, um, you know, that everyone is it, it, like, it only has to do it at the end of the year. Like, I think those things are going to be, more or less obsolete. Uh, and, and you're going to have a relationship with your taxes that is much sort of simpler and less dreadful, uh, where you're not sort of doing the, trying to do this all at the end of the year. Um, so I think, I think that's, I think that's a part of it. Uh, I think another part of it is simply that more people are going to be, uh, empowered, right. In the same way that TurboTax took away the sort of the variance that accountants have. Um, and then you, you might just end up with a bad accountants. And so you just don't get the tax write-offs you deserve. Uh, you know, we're doing that, but at a much more personal and customizable scale, like we're able to do that, uh, by looking at your actual transactions, um, one by one, rather than, uh, sort of having to ask you, uh, you know, TurboTax style questions. And so I think it's just the next evolution of, uh, democratizing this tax knowledge so that hopefully fewer people are getting screwed at the end of the year. I love it. I love it. Well, I have one last question for you, Paul. You know, you, you're building the software to, to help so many independent contractors, freelancers save money on taxes, not get screwed at the end of the year. And, uh, you know, with the rise of the gig economy, you really are building the future with Keeper Tax. So, so I'm, I'm interested in hearing 
um, you know, there's people that are listening to this that, you know, they may have not started a company. They may have not, uh, they may have not done much yet in the realm of entrepreneurship, but they have this urge and this, this desire to change the world or change someone's world. So what advice would you give to the listeners, you know, who, who want to, to do something big in the world, want to change the world, but may not know exactly how? Yeah. Um, man, <laughs> my, I feel like my advice here would change every month, but the flavor of this month is, is, uh, you know, I think a lot of like Rome wasn't built in a day, it, you know, is the cliche way of saying it. But, but the, the thing we've started to realize, uh, with keeper is that, you know, we started out with this mission to, to put money back in these gig workers pockets. And I think there were many times along the journey, even so far that we felt like, there's been these insurmountable barriers like, Oh man, but you know, but like you don't get the money until the end of the year. So how can we possibly, you know, get people excited about that? Like whatever it might be, there were constantly sort of moments like that. And we just sort of kept building towards the dream that we already, we had just starting from the beginning. And, uh, and, and, and it's so much of that has materialized now that we've sort of put that into the world. Um, I can't say that it applies to everyone. And sometimes you start out with a dumb idea and me include, like I've done that many times before as well. But the one thing we've learned from Keeper is that, um, you know, it takes time to build a, a really great product and, and it's sort of th those rewards are, uh, are reaped over time. And so if you have, if, if you, if you truly believe something in your heart of hearts, it's, if it's not something that you're like, is like a get rich quick scheme or some like little trick that you like to talk about over brunch. Like if you really believe in it and you really think there's a problem, then you know keep at it like there's there that is a problem and 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 it does need to be solved and maybe whatever solution you've got is wrong but the problem is still great there we go i i like that a lot i appreciate that and i know a lot of the listeners appreciate it as well and and i appreciate you coming onto the show and spending your time you know on the forward thinking founders podcast so thank you for hopping on yeah thanks matt it was a pleasure yeah absolutely absolutely and for those listening uh, and in the, the audience or in your cars or in your bedroom, thank you for spending you know, 30, 35 minutes with the crew at Forward Thinking Founders. I hope you all have a great rest of your mornings, afternoon, and evenings. Have a good one. Bye.